And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again, the O oh, the Pain podcast. It is Monday. It is August the 28th. It is 2023. The Joe Beningo the Pain podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. Bye. I need a discount tire, and of course, by DraftKings. A couple things we're going to get out of the way before we get into everything today. Number one, uh, coming up Friday, the next live pa- live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Evan Roberts will be with me. Uh, we will get you ready for the upcoming 23 National Football League season. Of course, we're all pumped up about that, with especially with the absolute disaster that the baseball season has been here in New York. So that's coming up. Also this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I will be doing the morning show on WFAN with my good buddy, my longtime old friend, Jerry Recco. Uh, I'll be filling in for Boomer. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 6 to 10 on the fan, the morning show. And then, uh, of course, the uh, live podcast on Friday evening at the Hackensack Brewing Company. All right. As I, you know, look, I don't want to go crazy again to baseball. I, I, I went into my diatribe about the Mets and everything that went down uh, on uh, on Saturday morning on the on the morning show on the Saturday morning show at WFAN, and I know Pete Alonso got hit again yesterday, or actually I guess it was Saturday, uh, got hit again in the back of the neck by the Angels. There was a little bit of a a bench clearing, but no brawls, and then as usual, no retaliation by the Mets on Saturday on Sunday. I mean. I, I, enough already it is. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Really, it really is. So Alonzo gets hit in the back of the neck, almost in the back of the head, of the, you know, uh, on the bottom part of the helmet. Can somebody throw at somebody? I mean, especially at this point in time. The season's over. These games don't matter. You got all these nondescript relief pitches. Forget even that. <clears throat> How about David Peterson yesterday? And he pitched a really good game, seven innings, one run. How about David Peterson yesterday? You know, plunking uh, Otani in the back. How about that? How about us hitting their guy, their big guy? It really is disgraceful how over the last two years, the New York Mets have been hit more than any team in baseball. I think Alonzo's been hit like 17 times this year. I think only Jeff McNeil more, right? So the two, two top two guys are the Mets, are Mets. And there has been no retaliation by this team at all. Buck Walter sits there in the dugout. That stupid grin on his face or that stupid look on his face, that Joey boy look on his face, and nothing happens. Nothing changes. Not really. It's, it's, been, it's been disgusting. To me, that's part of the problem with this team. You know, where is, the, where is the sticking up for the other guy? I've said this over and over and over. The team of the 80s, every – and those guys didn't love each other. You know, this idea that you got to have kumbaya in the locker room is nonsense, okay? <laughs> That, you know, kumbaya, now that doesn't always translate to winning. But those teams in the 80s, man, you hit one of their guys, they were coming after you. Whether it was Daryl, whether it was Ray Knight, it didn't matter. They weren't going to me- – you weren't messing around with them. But they have taken liberties now. Buck Walters Mets, the major league teams, have taken liberties on them for two years, and there's been no retaliation by the Mets whatsoever. An absolute disgrace. And, you know, so, uh, again, enough said about that. I, I, I'm i so disgusted with the Mets this year. You know, I, it's a, it's ridiculous. It's above and beyond. So, everybody knows that already. All right, let's get, let's get to the football. 
Uh, Got to be happy what you saw. Look, it's preseason. I don't want to get nuts. The big takeaway from the game Saturday night is that Rodgers did not get hurt. Uh, everybody seems to be healthy going forward. You know, we'll see about uh, Abaconda, uh, the uh, running back. I, I hope I know I didn't say his right night. I know I, I know I didn't say his name right. Izzy, we'll call him. Uh, we'll see how he is if he's ready for opening day. Still two weeks from today is opening day when the Jets will play the Bills on that on the Monday night football game, September 11th. But uh, look, Rodgers played a couple series, looked good, threw that touchdown pass, last pass he threw. That beautiful touchdown fade in the back of the in the side of the end zone to Garrett Wilson, who was who was pretty well covered on the play. But uh Rogers put the ball in a perfect spot. Wilson made the catch for the touchdown. All right, let's go. I'm ready. It looks like the line is being solidified now. It looks like Makai Becton. I guess Robert Sala announced yesterday that Makai Becton will be the starting right tackle. Uh, I guess what we're gonna see for the offensive line. I know Dwayne Brown hasn't played yet, but you know, he's got two weeks still to get ready to go. It looks like they'll have Brown on one side, Becton on the other, Tomlinson and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker as the guards. And then I, I, I guess it's still up in the air between Tipman and McGovern at center. I'm probably leaning towards uh, Connor McGovern being back as the starting center again. And here we go. Our team is loaded with skill position, guys. We'll see. Cut down day, I guess, is tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Tuesday at 5 o'clock. We'll see. Uh, if Michael Carter, you know, the running back, Michael Carter, the defensive back, is locked in. He's you know, he's a good player. We'll see if Michael Carter, the running back, makes the team or not. Uh, you know, we still haven't seen Dalvin Cook yet. We still haven't seen Brees Hall yet. But hopefully they're both going to be ready to go for opening night. Uh, we'll see about Izzy. If he's healthy, we'll see. I got to believe that one of either Bam Knight or Michael Carter, uh, the running back, one of them will be cut tomorrow. I mean, I, I, that's my feeling. You know, it's a pretty loaded room in the running back situation. I think one of those guys is probably going to go. They're loaded as far as the the wide receiver. Corey Davis, of course, retired. I think the reason Corey Davis retired is because he saw the handwriting on the wall. They were they were get they were letting him go. He wasn't coming back. It's a very crowded wide receiver room with Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, with Alan Lazard, with Randall Cobb, with McCole Hardman. You know, they got a lot of guys. They got a couple of these rookies, this kid Brownlee, uh, Malik Taylor. I got to believe one of those two guys, if not both, are going to make the team. Of course, we know about all the tight ends. They got a lot of tight ends. But, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Conklin and uh, C.J. Uvenzama, uh, however you say his name, Uzama, will be will be the uh, two tight ends. More than likely, we'll see if any of these other guys make it when all is said and done. And let's go. The defense looks loaded. All these guys on a defensive line, you got to be excited about that. Uh, Carl Lawson is back now. Jermaine Johnson has looked very good so far in the preseason. Quinnen Williams is there. John Franklin Myers is there. Uh, Bryce Huff is there. We go right on down the line. The rookie McDonald, you know, this this guy, this team has a lot of guys. Michael Clemens, they got a lot of guys on this defensive line, and that's going to be one of the keys. You know, them getting the pressure on a quarterback. And God knows they play all the – basically every big quarterback in the NFL, the Jets will play this year, right? Whether it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. You know, you could pretty much uh, go right down the line. You know, the Jets are playing against everybody. If you want to call Daniel Jones one of the big quarterbacks, they're playing against him. So, uh, you know, we could go on and on and on. 
Uh, all the uh, we know the schedule. We know what the schedule is going to be like going forward. Russell Wilson, the Jets play him. So I know he had a bad year last year. I expect a bounce back from the Broncos and Sean Payton. Although the Jets, you know, owe Sean Payton and the Broncos a little beatdown after the comments by Sean Payton about uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, earlier in the uh, preseason. <clears throat> but you know, yeah, your linebackers. I get. Well, we know Quincy Williams will be there. Uh, we know that uh, C.J. Mosley is going to be there. We'll see if the kid Sherwood is the starter on the on the other side. Uh, we know about the defensive backfield, obviously, Sauce and D.J. Reed at the corners. Uh, you got Jordan Whitehead will be at one safety. Not sure. Maybe Amos is going to be the guy they got from the Packers. Maybe he'll wind up being the uh, the other starting safety. Got to be happy. You got Looks like the kicking game is solid. Greg Zerline back for another year. Uh, to handle the kicking duties, Thomas, the veteran Thomas Morstead, long with these New Orleans Saints, is going to be the punter. You know, so I look, I mean, it's all there. It's all there. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, the quarterback. It's all there for this team. And I have said this over and over and over again. If they don't win now, when the hell are they going to win? You know, the old Elvis Presley song, it's now or never, okay? Well, it really is. It's now or never. Uh, if they don't win now, you tell me when they're going to win. And, I, and I'm going to tell you one other thing, and I really believe this, that people can downplay this all they want, you know. They can downplay it forever. But I think there really is something, and I think one of the reasons, besides ob- the obvious reason to bring Rodgers in here and help us, you know, finally maybe get to that elusive 55-year dragon of not being in the Super Bowl, right, I think one of the reasons Rodgers is here too is absolutely to tutor to mentor Zach Wilson, and I, I think that's working out right now. I know Zach's got a lot of play in the preseason. Uh, you don't want to get crazy about, you know, he's he has he's had some pretty good moments. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe when maybe I'll give it an outside shot. I still would say it's probably not going to work this way, okay? But I still give it an outside shot that when all is said and done, that when Rodgers does leave the Jets, that Zach Wilson – I give it a 50-50 shot. How's that? That he winds up as the starting quarterback when uh, when uh, Garen Rodgers uh, finally leaves the Jets. Uh, I give him. I say he'll be here for two years. Maybe he'll be a third year. Maybe if he wins the Super Bowl this year, he'll be gone. <laughs> but that's fine too. <laughs> you know, if that happens. But we'll 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 see. But um, you got to be happy. He survived the the uh, his preseason debut. There was no injury. We didn't have to uh, flip, flip out or freak out about it. And opening day is coming in just a couple of weeks. And, and look, they've loaded the schedule out. Now, we've talked about it. Um, those first six games leading up to the bye, I want to see four and two. And they need to win the two division games. You, have, you can't have all the hype. You can't have all the hysteria that we have seen with Rodgers here in the offseason. And all the focus on the Jets and the hard knocks and all this nonsense and all of this, you can't have all of that and then show up two weeks from tonight, Monday night, in what's going to be an insane MetLife Stadium. Let's be real. This place is going to be pumped. It's going to be a playoff-type atmosphere on opening night with Aaron Rodgers making his debut against the hated division rival, Josh Allen. And the Buffalo Bills, who I think have really taken a step backwards this year. But we'll find out about that. But it's going to be a crazy atmosphere, standalone, Monday night football, all of that. 
You cannot lose that game. That is a monster game for the Jets. Let's be honest about it. To get right off the snide immediately and say, okay, here we are. Let's go. And I want to see four and two by the bye. They got a tough opening act. Buffalo, they go to Dallas after that. They come back home to beat the to, to play the evil empire, the Patriots, and it's time to destroy them. They can't score enough points against them. Then you got that tough Sunday night game against the defending champion Chiefs with Mahomes coming in. Then you go to Denver for that little bit of a revenge game against Sean Payton after his comments about Nathaniel Hackett. And then the uh, the NFC champion Eagles, who the Jets have never beaten. I believe they're 0-12 in the history. They don't play them a lot, but they're 0-12 in their history against Philadelphia. They will come to town, and God knows it's time to beat the freaking Eagles. So that's the first six games of the year. Then the bye, and then the Jets and Giants get together for real, uh, at uh, obviously at MetLife in what will be a giant home game. So that's that's the beginning of the year. I think the, I think after the Giants, they got a Monday night game again against Justin, the overrated Justin Herbert and the L.A., San Diego, whatever the hell you want to call them, Chargers, okay? <laughs> to me, they'll always be San Diego. But um, so that's it. That's how we start the year. And it's time to go. We got two weeks to rest a little bit, you know, two weeks to get ready for Buffalo. And the other thing that we're going to find out this year about now is the coach. And I like Sally. You know, my feelings on him. He's a wonderful guy. You know, I got a little bit of a relationship with him and all of that. He's, he's as nice a man as you will ever meet, but that doesn't always translate into being a big time head coach. The jury's out on him. We'll find out this year about Robert Sally. We really will, because if we don't win now with what we have, we got a pretty loaded team. If we don't win now, when are we ever freaking winning? So here we are, opening day, two weeks away. Uh, I'm all pumped up. I'm all juiced up. And the Jet fans are ready to go. And we're waiting a long time uh, to be in position to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I've said this. People always ask me, well, what, well, how many wins do you want to see this year? Well, how many wins? I'd like to see like 13 and 4 would be nice, okay? But here's how I, I, my answer to that would be, and we'll talk a little bit about J.J.'s wedding, which was just an extravaganza on Friday night. But I had a lot of people come up to me at the wedding Friday night and say, how many wins for the Jets? And my answer to that is how many wins? Uh, as many wins as it takes to win the division. Win the division. To me, that is monstrous for this franchise. You know, if they go 10 and 7 and win the division, I'm good. You know? Not really. If they go 13 and 4, tremendous. All right? But I want to win the division. They've won two division titles since the merger. You know, they won the division title in 68 and 69 when it was still the AFL. You know? Since then, 1998 with Parcells, 2002 with Herman Edwards. That's it. That's it. Two division titles since 1970. Think about that. That's pretty brutal. So that's what I'm looking for. Win the goddamn division. And there's no reason they can't do it. I don't think Buffalo, I think Buffalo has gone, has gone backwards a little bit this year. They lost the defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Uh, there seems to be some kind of a rift between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, I, don't love, I don't love their running game. Uh, I was talking to one of the big guys. Uh, Bills fans the other night, Mike Carver, our good buddy Mike Carver, longtime FAN employee. I'm not sure what Mike's doing now. His wife actually picked me up off the ground. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you a little story with that, too. Uh, we were doing, and we'll get back to Buffalo. We're doing, 
we're doing this group picture with all these FAN people at JJ's wedding on Friday night, right? So everybody was in it. Chris Lepresti, I mentioned Mike Carver, Riscona was in it, obviously JJ and his wife. The only two women in the picture were JJ and his new wife, Caitlin, right? And Terry, my wife, that's it. They were standing next to each the only two women in the picture. Two, two very attractive women. And there they were. So that was good, okay? But the other guys in it, like I said, it was Lepresti, it was me, it was Riscona, it was Tommy Lugauer, uh, it was JJ, it was Mike Carver, it was uh, Russell Mathis, it was Sean Marash. I mean, all these people, of course, our good buddy, even though he's never worked at the fan, it seems like he has all these years, our good buddy, the one and only, the legendary, because <laughs> there's no other way, because he is a freaking legend. Uh, Kenny Scarabaggio, of course, was in the in the in the shot as only he could be. <laughs> Stu Finer somehow got himself into the shot too. Um, you know, I think I caught. Did I get everybody in there? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Harris Allen as well. I forgot. I don't want to leave Harris Allen out. So all those people were in there. So we get ready for the picture, and Lepresti kneels down like in front of everybody, so we could get everybody in. And me, stupidly who has a very difficult time if he gets down to the ground to get up, okay? Getting up is not easy for me to do. I say, ah, okay, let me kneel down. My wife's shaking her head. Let me kneel down. So now the picture's over, and, of course, I can't get up, right? I'm having a hard time getting up. So Lowe Low comes over to help me up. And then Mike Carver, and I didn't know this was Mike Carver's wife. Mike Carver's wife comes up to me and help picks me right up. And I said, <laughs> I said, thank you so much. And I, she goes, I'm Mike Carver's wife. I said, oh, okay, good. And I said, I'm nice to meet you. Thank you so much for getting me off the goddamn ground. Anyway, what a disaster. But you're yeah, talking to Carver, who's a big Bills fan. Apparently, there is some kind of real riff between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's over a woman. You know, it's always easy to say, oh, there must be a woman involved. That's always something to get the two guys uh, to – have a little bit of a problem with each other. So we'll keep that in, in mind. Uh, so that's the Bills. Um, you know, Miami, I just don't buy Miami. I mean, I got to believe Tua at some point is going to get hurt. And, of course, it scares the hell out of me because Mike White now is the backup. And somehow, some way, you know, that's going to come back to bite us. Maybe that uh, standalone game on Friday, a Black Friday game uh, against Miami at home, maybe that's the one that comes back to kick us in the ass. Remember Braxton Barrios is also in Miami now, too. But I still don't really buy him. Tua's going to get hurt at some point. Mike White's going to be the quarterback. Uh, I don't love Mike McDaniel, the coach. I know they made the playoffs last year. Thank you very much. We basically handed him that that game at the end of the season so they could get into the playoffs. What, what, what was the final score of that game like? Uh, what was it? 6-3? Not a score to safety at the end. Was it like 11-6? I think that was the final. Just ridiculous. Anyway, Joe, remember Joe Flacco started that game. You got to tell me why. Uh, but anyway, be, be that as it may, I don't buy Miami. And the Patriots, look, the Patriots are always going to be dangerous as long as Bill Belichick is on the sideline. There's no way around it. Their defense is always going to be good. Remember, they scored seven defensive touchdowns last year in New England. Seven. I don't even know if the Jets forced seven turnovers all year. They only had two in the last eight games of the year. You know how I've been pushing that, that the Jets got to force turnovers. But – I don't love Mac Jones as a quarterback, but again, uh, we'll see how that all plays out. I know they got Ezekiel Elliott now. I don't know how much he's going to play there in New England, but they did bring him in. But I got to believe that, you know, the, the Jets should be able to handle it. It's time to beat the freaking Patriots. So 
at the very least, you ask me how many games I want to win this year. If I want to win every one, you ask me how many how many wins for the Jets this year. Uh, I'm going to say whatever it takes to win the AFC East and get a home playoff game. So we'll see how it all plays out. But opening day coming up two weeks from tonight. I will be there with the incomparable cousin bro, uh, Dr. Danny Conti. We will be there, and we will be rocking and rolling. I'm sure everybody will be there. Joey Jett will be there. Kenny will be there. Scarabaggio, you know, Ira from Staten Island is going to be there. All the big Jet fans will be there. The guys from the Jet Lounge will be there. Steven Justin, uh, who we went out to uh, uh, Canton with, uh, you know, to the Joe Klecko induction and, and Darrell Revis as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a wild scene. And the Jets got to win that game. You can't have all the insanity, all the hoopla, and all the, you know, what, and not come out and, and get a victory opening night against Buffalo. All right, let's get the sponsors in here. Uh, as I mentioned, we got the uh, big live podcast coming up uh, uh, this coming Friday night, September 1st, at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Evan Roberts will be with me. You know the deal, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Uh, 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack. Uh, check out the Tap Room, 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Um, check it out. Should be terrific. We'll do a lot of football uh, on uh, Friday night. I'm sure we'll do a lot of bashing of the two uh, local baseball teams as well. Check us out Friday night, the next, next live podcast. At the Hackensack Brewing Company, everybody will be there. Mike Jones, TJ, everybody, Andre, Herb, everybody. Of course, my daughter Erin running the show, as she always does. Then, of course, we have the uh, uh, our good buddies at Anita Discount Tire. Go check them out. They fixed our situation with our alarm, even though we don't have a horn anymore. But yeah, you know, <laughs> got You know, you got to give a little to get a little, I guess. But anyway, uh, go check out uh, Johnny, my son. Uh, our son and go see uh, Ari, uh, go see everybody over there. Go see our buddy Rob, what a great job he does. One of the crack mechanics, top mechanics they have there. You need uh, work done on your car, you need tires, you need your car inspected, whatever you need. Um, go check them out. Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue, Anita Discount Tire, and uh, tell them Beningo sent you. Then, of course, next week we will start uh, with DraftKings. They'll be back in the fold for a third consecutive year as we get ready for the NFL season. And I've mentioned this, what we're going to do starting on September 12th, because we're not going to do a podcast on Monday. Um, you know, week one, obviously, of the season on Sunday, but the Jets don't play till Monday. So we'll do that podcast actually on Tuesday morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to expand the show during football to an hour. So uh, the first one will be Tuesday, but then we'll be doing Mondays, you know, after that. Uh, and we'll be doing an hour pod, an hour podcast on Monday. And then Friday, we'll do an hour podcast. We'll have, you know, Football Friday with all the, uh, you know, all the different frills that we do on Football Friday. We'll have the picks and all of that. I'll be back again on Thursdays doing the picks with JJ on his podcast with uh, John Jastrzemski, the old school, new school. I think this is thir- year three now that we'll be doing that uh, with JJ. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get rocking and rolling in football. And, of course, opening night coming up on September 7th with the defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Lions, who everybody are very, very high on. You know, that's kind of the trendy – you know, we all know the Jets are the trendy team this year with Rodgers. But 
in the NFC, you know, everybody's kind of on the Detroit Lions after the way they finished the year last year, that win over Green Bay to knock them out of the playoffs, final game of the year, they finished 9-8 and eight and all that, even though they had nothing to play for because Seattle had knocked them out of the playoffs earlier in the day. But uh, that's a dangerous team under Dan Campbell, and we'll, we'll get a good look at them as they play the defending champion uh, Chiefs with Mahomes and company uh, coming up on opening night. And that, of course, is um, Thursday, September 7th on NBC. And we'll be all pumped up for that. No doubt about it. Then we got the big opening weekend. The Giants, of course, will uh, be the, the opening Sunday night football game. Seems like the Giants always open up with the Dallas Cowboys, right? I mean, how many years have we seen the Giants and Cowboys open up the season? And usually it's in Dallas. Usually they play them in Dallas opening night. Not this year. This will be at MetLife. And that's a big game for the Giants. You know, similar to what the Jets situation is. Giants coming off a 9-7-1 playoff year. They actually won a playoff game, beating the Vikings in the first round before losing to the Eagles in the divisional round. That's a big game. You know, Giants, they've had a lot of trouble against Dallas and Philadelphia recently. They lost uh, They lost four games. They lost to each of them twice last year. And they need to get off the snide and beat Dallas right away on opening night. Just as big a game as that is for the Jets on Monday night against Buffalo, it's equally as big a game for the Giants, uh, their opening night game on Sunday night against Dallas at home. They need to win that game. They need to establish something in the division. And, you know, it's time for them to beat one of the big division. Remember, they only won one game in the division last year, and that was against the crummy Washington, whatever they are now. They should be the Redskins. But whatever they are, and remember they tied the other game with Washington. So they, you know, they were 0-4 against Dallas and Philly and 1-0-1 against Washington last year. So the Giants need to get a big win right off the bat in the division. Uh, Dan- Daniel Jones now back after finally getting paid. Saquon Barkley in the fold, even if it's only a one-year deal with the franchise tag. You know, we'll see the addition of Darren Waller at tight end now. This kid, uh, Jalen Hyatt. The speed, the uh, wide receiver third-round pick out of Tennessee. We'll see what the Giants look like defensively. Dexter Lawrence now after he got paid. Uh, you know, we'll see what Kayvon Thibodeau is in his second year. We'll see what this uh, the uh, the rookie corner does for the Giants this year. We'll see. You know, it's going to be a very, very interesting year for the Giants. They need to get off the snide, like I said, uh, right away and, uh, you know, try to back up and get into the playoffs again in year two of the uh, Brian Dable era. So very excited for the NFL season to begin. We got the college games already started. Notre Dame played. Was it Saturday Notre Dame opened against the uh, Navy in, in Ireland and just destroyed them? What did they beat them, 42-3? to three? And, and, you know, it's very interesting because this is kind of the last year of college football as we know it because after this year, it is going to be complete chaos with all these different conferences, all the power conferences kind of going all over the place, we're seeing the end of the Pac-12. That's going to be gone. You know, you got USC and UCLA going into the Big Ten. Did I see where Oregon and Washington are going into Big Ten? I was reading that today. Zach Brazilier in uh, yesterday's post, where Oregon and Washington now are going into Big Ten as well. Really? Unbelievable. You got Arizona, Arizona State. Colorado, which, of course, Deion Sanders is now the coach of. Colorado and uh, Utah all coming out of the Pac-10, and they're going into uh, Pac-12, and they're going into the Big 12, which I think is now going to have like 16 teams in it. 
I mean, you know, it's crazy. No, really, it, it really is. And I think you look at the, the two, there's only two teams left out of the Pac-12 that have nowhere to go, and that's Stanford and Cal. Those are two pretty big teams out of the Pac-12. Where the hell are they going? I guess the ACC, they, they tried to make a bid, the way I understand it. Uh, Stanford and, and uh, Cal tried to make a bid to get into the ACC, and the ACC said no. You know, we're going to have a team 3,000 miles away playing in our conference, you know? I mean, come on. So uh, I'm glad. That's good. That's a good move. I, I wonder what's going to happen to them. I really do. Is one of them going to wind up in the SEC? Remember, also, after this year, Oklahoma and Texas will come out of the Big 12, and they're going to go into the into the SEC. So I think we're going to have like 16 teams in the SEC, 16 teams in the Big 10. I think it's going to wind up being 16 teams in the uh, Big 12. And then the ACC, I what, they got 14 in the? I don't even know. I mean, it's like <laughs> your, your, your head spins with where these teams are going anymore. So, But this is really going to be the final year of college football with the six power conferences as we know it. So, uh, you know, get ready, buckle up. And that really really gets all underway. I think this week you got that big West Virginia-Penn State game, which kind of starts the uh, Saturday night uh, NBC Big Ten, even though West Virginia is not in the Big Ten. But that's an old rivalry between West Virginia and Penn State. My good buddy, my producer on Saturday, Big Zoo, who went to West Virginia, uh, he will be there at Happy Valley for that game. My wife's looking at me. Yeah, he's a big – he went to West Virginia, Zoo. He, has, he doesn't exactly have glowing things to say about Morgantown. But <laughs> <clears throat> nevertheless, everybody, enjoy your week. Check me out Wednesday and Thursday and Friday on the morning show on The Fan and the live podcast Friday night at the – Now, we're back, everybody, for uh, part two of our hour-long Monday podcast. Now, we're just doing a trial run with the hour-long show today. Uh, Friday will be, of course, is the uh, a live show at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Next Monday will be a half hour. The following Friday will be a half hour. And then once the season starts, uh, the day after the Jets open, September 12th, or September 11th, excuse me, on September 12th, we will be an hour on Monday and Friday. And DraftKings is back with us again. And with the NFL season now right around the corner, nonstop football action is in sight. Uh, you can get in on the action with DraftKings. Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and score $200. That's right, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers on uh, every game day uh, this September. That's every two new offers every game day this September. Life's more fun, as you know, when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app before kickoff. Use code, just like my show, Oh the Pain, to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Oh the Pain. The crown is yours. Insurance eligibility and deposits restrictions apply. Terms at uh, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Well, you know, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 
3679. And uh, we appreciate again DraftKings being back with us for the third consecutive season. Also, don't forget, let me remind everybody again about the upcoming uh, show on Friday night at the Hackensack Brewing Company. My good buddy, my uh, longtime partner, Evan Roberts, uh, will be with us. So you want to check that out. That's our next live podcast. And the, the next one after that, and we don't know when the next one will be. It'll be sometime during the football season. Fireman Ed uh, will be with us on the uh, following podcast, uh, following live podcast, whenever that is after September 1st. But this Friday night, Hackensack Brewing Company, September 1, Evan Roberts and I, our next live podcast. Uh, come and check it out. Uh, you know the deal. Uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in beautiful Who Needs a House out in Hackensack, New Jersey. And we also, of course, want to thank our friends at a need discount tire, as we always do. Uh, go see Johnny. Go see Ari. Everybody over there, you need work on your car. You need, uh, you know, tires. You need your uh, car inspected, whatever it may be. I need a discount tire. Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue. Now, I'm going to throw something out to the listeners here, a little different type deal that I'm thinking about doing. And I want to get people's feedback. If you want to react to this on Twitter, uh, you want to come up to us on Friday night at the live podcast and see what you think about this. I'm thinking about doing, instead of doing the normal Friday pick show that I have always done, I've always done in the past. I used to do it with Evan and, uh, you know, on the old days at uh, WFAN when we were uh, together all those years. I'm thinking about doing a little something different for the pick show this year. I'm thinking about bringing my wife. And I know, I know people love to hear, you know, Terry's always in the background and, you know, she laughs about the different things that I may say, you know, uh, uh, here and there all the time. So what we're going to do, I think is bring her into the show a little more, right? Now she's not going to come in here and break down football, but we'll have her do the picks. So we'll do every Friday starting, uh, which will, I guess it'll actually be next Friday. We'll actually a week from a week from this coming Friday, uh, what will that be? September 8th, I guess that is, right? Because the season starts on the 7th, the Thursday night game with the Chiefs and the Lions. So starting September 8th, we will have, uh, again, I, I will say it this way. I shouldn't say we will because I want to hear from the people out there. So if you think this is a good idea, you let me know. Bringing Terry in to do the picks with me. And we'll do it, you know, we'll each do five picks. You know, I'll do a pick, she'll do a pick. We'll go back and forth the whole the whole uh, nine yards. So if people are interested in us doing that, let us know on Twitter. You know, if I see you on Friday night, you want to let me know about it on Friday night. Uh, I'm good to go for that as well. All right. A couple things. I, I want to throw a couple different things out. I don't want, I don't want to sit here now and scream about the Mets again uh, or tell you how bad the Yankees are. I mean, it's been an absolutely horrific baseball season here in New York. I mean, you couldn't ask for worse than what we've gotten here. You got two last place teams right now, and the chances are very good that they're both are going to finish in last place. The Yankees have been in free fall for a while. The Mets basically punted the season at the trading deadline, as we all know. So, I mean, it's been a brutal season. But think about it. You got to go back. I'm not sure the last time both teams finished last. That's something I'd have to check out. Uh it could have been 30 years ago. It could have been like 1992. It might have might might as well, but might as might uh, very well have been that year. I'm not sure, but uh, it has been a terrible, terrible baseball season. There's no doubt about it. With that said, I want to throw a couple thoughts your way. You know how I feel. I was all over the fact of getting Daryl and Doc's number retired. Uh, 
you know, even though I'm very upset with Uncle Stevie Cohen right now with all the crap that's gone down with the possible trading of Alonzo, which is absurd, you know, all the uh, stuff that's gone on with the team, you know, and getting and basically punting the season away and all of that. And, um, you know, how I, I feel about all that. But I'm very happy that Uncle Steve has done the right thing with at least with the history of this team. He finally got the Siva statue out in front of City Field. You know, he retired the different numbers that, uh, you know, Jerry Kuzman finally got retired. And obviously, Keith Hernandez finally got retired. Willie Mays now as well. And he's going to put, he's going to do Keith Hernandez, uh, do Keith Hernandez, going to do Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden coming up sometime next year. They're going to be done separate. So I'm very happy about all that. But I want to shift gears to football now because I pushed this for a long time. I, for a long time, I pushed Joe Klecko getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, my good friend Gary Myers was instrumental. Of course, he for years writing for the Daily News, he was instrumental in uh, getting Klecko in the Hall of Fame. And by the way, next week, I believe next Tuesday, what we're going to do, we're going to have a live podcast with Gary Myers. And we'll be talking a lot of football with him. We'll get his take on what the two local teams he thinks is what's going to happen with them. What are the Giants going to do this year? What are the Jets going to do this year? We'll get all that. Uh, we'll talk about all that with Gary. We'll talk about how he was able to be uh, as influential as he was in getting Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame. Uh, even Darrell Rivas Klecko definitely mentioned him in his speech at Canton. And uh, Darrell Rebus also mentioned Gary Myers in that speech as well. So uh, Myers obviously has a lot of pull as far as, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame is concerned. And I told this to Gary when I saw him at the Hall of Fame. I said, look, Gary, we got we to get Gaston in the Hall of Fame now. I mean, it, it's time to start the, you know, the, the groundwork going to get this guy in. You know, this guy is a Hall, one of the great, pass rushes of all time. He's one of the great defensive linemen of all time. He was a four-time, you know, Joe Klecko made made uh, the uh, All-Pro, not just the Pro Bowl, Joe Klecko made All-Pro twice. Gastineau made it four years in a row. Gastineau had 107 career sacks. Gastineau is the only player in history to have consecutive years with 20 or more sacks. Gastineau had the sack record uh, you know, for all those years until Michael Strahan finally broke the record with courtesy of Brett Favre basically saying, him, Michael, take the record. I mean, Mark Gastineau is a Hall of Famer. He, you know, along with Klecko, you know, he, he and Klecko were the two big stars of one of the great uh, defensive lines of all time, a name that, you know, is iconic in pro football with the New York Stack Exchange. You know, it's just as big a name as the Purple People Leaders or the Fearsome Foursome or doomsday or the steel curtain or the sack pack or whatever, you know, the uh, sack exchange is one of the all-time iconic defensive lines of all time. And the two big stars on those on that line was Joe Klecko and Mark Gastineau. And I look at some of the guys that, that were are in the Hall of Fame now, defensive linemen in the Hall of Fame. You're going to tell me Howie Long. I know Howie Long played a long time. Gastineau played what? What was it, 10 years? Was it even 10 years? And we know the way he left. You know, walked out on a team in the middle of the 88 season. You know, the story was his girlfriend at the time, Bridget Nielsen, she had cancer or whatever, or thought that she had cancer. So Gastineau retired to go be with her, found out that I guess she didn't have cancer, whatever the deal was. So we know how Gastineau finally left, uh, you know, left the NFL, left the Jets. We know about that roughing the passer against Bernie Colzar in a playoff game against Cleveland in January of 87. 
And we know that, you know, he, he wasn't exactly loved by Cle- by everybody else on the line. You know, Marty Lyons and, and uh, Joe Klecko specifically. I don't know how Abdul Salam felt about him. But they didn't love him. But the guy was tremendous. Now he and, and let's be honest with this, too. And everybody was down on this, but he is the guy. He is an innovator because he's the guy that invented the sack dance, okay? And now you watch an NFL game, everybody's doing the freaking sack dance. They could be losing by they could be losing by 20 points with a minute to go in the game. You sack the quarterback and you're doing a dance, right? We see it all the time. And 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 Gastineau was that, you know, he was that criticized, crucified for doing it, even by his own teammates. But you look at some of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame now, Howie Long, you tell me Howie Long was better? Then Gastineau, I know he won a Super Bowl with the Raiders his first year in 83. You tell me he was better than Gastineau? You know, John Randall was a great player for the Minnesota Vikings. Is he better than Gastineau? Really? Seriously, is he better? How about how about Chris Dolman? The, uh, you know, tremendous player for the Minnesota Vikings as well. Great pass rusher, all this. You're telling me he was better than Gastineau? What? And this, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you another one too. I just saw this now. Steve McMichael, the defensive tackle for the Bears, who, of course, played on what we all consider the greatest defense in the history of football, the 85 Bears, he now is up for the Hall of Fame as well. You're telling me Steve McMichael is a better player than Mark Gastineau? Really? Well, how many, how good, what would we look, if Mark Gastineau had played with Buddy Ryan's defense and the 85 Bears, what would we be saying about Mark Gastineau right now? Tell me what we'd be saying. I mean, really? I mean, give me a break. You know, these guys are Hall of Famers and Mark Gastineau's not. And this idea, here's the other thing too with Gastineau. This idea that Gastineau couldn't play the run is complete BS. I mean, you watch some of the film, this guy could go sideline to sideline as as fast as anybody. As fast as anybody. Nobody came off the edge like Gastineau. He had to double team him all the time. You know, they, you know, they were double-teaming Klecko. They were double-teaming Gastineau. I mean, it was unbelievable. And these guys were still getting to the quarterback. Now, this it's a joke that this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. And it, it is time now. And whatever Gary, and we're going to talk to Gary Myers about it next week, but whatever can be done by whoever's out there, whatever sports writer. And I'll tell you how this too. And I love Klecko and I love Marty Lyons. These guys got to go to bat for Gastineau now, right? Don't these guys have to, you know, forget whatever freaking differences they had and go to bat for this guy? You're telling me that, you know, is Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame if he didn't have Mark Gastineau playing on the defensive line with him? Does he? I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's a fair question to ask. And I think we need Joe Klecko and Marty Lyons to come out and start talking up the fact that Gastineau belongs there. When you see some of these, like I said, when you see some of these defensive linemen that are in the Hall of Fame, you're telling me they're better than Mark Gastineau? Really? And Gastineau even played a little. I mean, if you watch a lot, especially later on, Gastineau would actually almost be like like Lawrence Taylor was. He almost would be like a stand-up pass rusher coming off the edge. You know, not just down in the four-point, you know, in the three-point stance coming off the edge as a pass rusher that way. I I think something's got to be done. I really do. I mean, I I am, I'm going to try to push this as much as I can. I don't know how much I can really affect this, but I think it's something that needs to be done. I think number 99, Mark Gastineau, needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And 
I'm going to tell you this, too. I'm a little disappointed in my football team in the Jets because they gave Gastonos number 99 to the number one draft choice, the rookie out of Iowa State, uh, Will McDonald, who was also hopefully going to be a big-time big pass rusher in his own right. But you can't get you, – you, you give number 99 to a rookie? You can't do that. That number should be put, put aside. Gastonos, I, I don't even want to retire the number. The Jets only have a number of – a few guys that have had their jersey retired. Obviously, Gastonos in the ring of honor. We know that. But that number should be put aside. You can't be giving it. And look, hopefully McDonald's going to live up to number 99 because that's a, you know, that's a tall order. Those are big shoes to fill. McDonald should be three quarters of the pass rusher that Mark Gastineau was. And I can't believe that they gave number 99 to him. I'm sorry. I think it was a bad job by the Jets. I even talked to Coach Sal about it. Sal says the number, you know, he has nothing to do with who gets numbers. So, uh, you know, who gets what numbers. So, uh, there's nothing he can do about that, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset about that, but get him back to Gastineau. It's time to get him in. It really is. And you, and here's the other thing too. All right. Let's be honest about this. We know Mark is not well. We know he's had his issues. There's no doubt about it. You know, you want this guy to get into hall of fame while he can maybe still get up there and actually give an acceptance speech. How about that? Before it's too late and he can't do it anymore. So I'm 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 a little upset by that. I'm 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 a little upset by that. I think uh, I think it's time that we uh, we look at this guy and we start to really look at what he's done in his career. Again, you know, you talk about the great pass rushers of all time. I mean, whoever you want to give me, you want to give obviously Lawrence Taylor, you know, Deacon Jones, uh, you know, Carl Ella, all these guys Hall of Famers, you know, whatever guy you want to give me, Bob Lilly, you know, Reggie White. You know, tell me the guy, Aaron Donald now in the modern day, you know, with the Rams who, you know, will clearly be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about Derek Thomas, the late great pass rushing, uh, you know, outside linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me whatever, whatever great pass rushing defensive lineman you want to give me, you know, or outside linebacker, whatever, whatever, whatever guy you want to give me, Ricky Jackson, Hall of Famer, whatever you want to give me. Mark Gastineau is up there with, with all these guys. And as I said before, there are guys that are in the Hall of Fame right now that Gastineau is better than, and it's not even debatable. So we got to get off this, uh, you know, whatever, this anti-Gastineau sentiment. And again, I'm calling out Joe Klecko and Marty Lyons. I'm calling these guys out. How about these guys? Start, that would really probably get the ball rolling. It really would, you know? How about these guys? You know, starting to get the word out to whoever needs to the committee, whoever needs to hear it, and you know, in the NFL and pro football, and say, look, this is the deal. Okay, you know, it's time to get our partner in the Hall of Fame, the great number ninety-nine, Mark Gastineau. Unbelievable, really, really. When you when you start to break it down, all right, we got a few. We've got a few minutes yet to uh, to play with as we wrap up the uh, little segment here on getting Gastineau in the Hall of Fame. But that's that's the bottom line. It's time for Mark Gastineau to get into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, hopefully the powers that be, like I said, Klecko and Lions have to be big voices uh, in that happening. No doubt about it. All right, Joe Beningo, the Oda Payne Podcast. It is uh, Monday. It is uh, August 28th, uh, twenty. 23. We're going a little extra time today. So it's almost like a, like a soccer match with the extra time, right? You never know how much extra time you're getting, but we got extra time. 
So uh, we're doing an hour today. Don't forget, on uh, fr- well, Friday's the live podcast again. So, uh, you know, who knows how long that's going to go with Evan Roberts. But next week, Monday, we'll do the, we'll do the show on, uh, on Labor Day. And then the following Friday will be half-hour shows. Matter of fact, next week we'll be we'll have Gary Myers with us. Not sure what day that'll be. Monday, Tuesday, we may do a special podcast on Tuesday with uh, Gary Myers as well, as we will uh, talk football with him. You know, I'm the big I'm. You know how I'm into golf, but I I could care less about this tour championship. I guess Victor Hovland won the tour championship, right? He won like eighteen million dollars. Scotty Scheffler finished second. I think McElroy third. You know, I just I I love the golf. And I'm there from, you know, the opening weekend in Kapalua when they have the, you know, hopefully with, with the uh, terrible fires that they had in Hawaii, we'll be able to, it hasn't affected uh, Kapalua for next year or whatever. I mean, who knows? But hopefully we'll see a golf in Hawaii in January. And once that starts, that's when I start to get, you know, that's when I get into the golf season. You know, the whole West Coast swing, you know, Torrey Pines, Riviera, all that, you know, Pebble Beach. Uh, then you go from there, you go into uh, when they play in Florida and all the different ones they have there, obviously the players at Sawgrass, but you know, uh, Bay Hill on Palmer's place, you got the, uh, 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 the uh, Val spa that they always play uh, at the, uh, what is it? The Copperhead course in Innisbrook there, you know, you got all the different uh, Florida tournaments going on and you know, that, that kind of sets you up, gets you into the masters uh, at Augusta in early April, that kind of sets you kind of right into that. So that's when I get excited, you know, and then I get in, obviously I'm into the majors, I'm into the U S open, I'm like the masters, obviously, but the, the U S open, the PGA, actually PGA comes before the U S open now. And then finally the uh, British open, the open championship. And once that's over, you know, once, once, uh, uh, Harmon wound up winning the, uh, the British open, you know, I just, it didn't matter to me anymore. That was it. I just can't get into the tour championship. But congratulations to Victor Hoblin. Uh, he is one of the uh, top, uh, no doubt about it, uh, one of the top players in golf. Still hasn't won that major yet, but he wins the, wins the tour championship and wins a boatload of money to go along with it. You know, we still got a couple of minutes here. This is something that's always been like a pet peeve of mine. It always has. You know, the U.S. Open in tennis is going on now out in Flushing, right? Uh, Louis, I was at the Louis Armstrong Stadium. I guess that's the main stadium. They got a couple. They got a bunch of different ones out there. I can never understand this, and I know the Mets are having a terrible year, and they stink this year, and all of that. You know, we could go on and on. It's been a terrible year, but I never could understand why do they always? Why are the Mets always in the middle of a homestand when they have the U.S. Open out in Flushing, basically right across the street from City Field? Can somebody answer that to me? I have never been able to figure that out. I mean, I remember going back, I guess this is going back in the 80s, obviously when the Mets were really good and were always playing uh, meaningful late season games. And we had a park, I think we almost had a, we had tickets for a game, a Dodger-Met game, you know, in late August, big game. I don't know, I forget what year it was. It was somewhere in the 80s, you know. And like I said, it was a big game for the Mets and all of that. And I went with my good buddy, Larry Lasky. And we we had a I forget we parked like in out of Mongolia I don't know where the hell we were parking I don't even know if we were still in New York where we parked we didn't even get to the game till like the fifth inning because of the U.S. Open <clears throat> because of the tennis 
It makes no freaking sense to me. Why the hell do they have to play the U.S. Open? The Met, forget even that they have to. It's fine that they play the U.S. Open when they do. But why do the Mets have to be home? Have the Mets on the road for a, a road trip, at least one week on the road while they're playing the U.S. Open. And I don't know. Maybe they will next week. I don't know. Maybe the Mets are on the road next week. I guess they are. You know? You know, they're in the middle of the homestand now. They play, they're playing Texas tonight. Uh, as I, you know, Texas for three games tonight. Uh, I think they probably go on the road after that. I'm not sure. It doesn't, look, it doesn't matter anymore with the state of what the Mets are. But that's always been a kind of a pet peeve of mine. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big tennis guy, as as most people know. But, um, you know, I, I can never understand. Why did it, might I schedule the Mets at home during the U.S. Open? I just, it's, I, I don't know. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But then uh, a lot of things that go on don't make a lot of sense to me. Hey, you know, a couple people have asked me, well, I still got a couple minutes here to close it out here on a uh, a Monday, August 28th. By the way, happy birthday to my uh, daughter, Lauren. She will be 44 tomorrow, August 29th. Also, my granddaughter, Penelope, uh, she will also have a birthday tomorrow. I believe she's 10. I want to say she's 10 years old tomorrow. So a uh, couple big birthdays tomorrow on August 29th. Lauren and Penelope. So happy birthday to them. Uh, as uh, you know, it's hard to believe, you know, well, you know, that big seven always coming for me any minute. But a couple of people asked me just to, to close out the wedding. The wedding with JJ was tremendous. It was an unbelievable extravaganza. Uh, uh, it couldn't have been a, a nicer place. God knows how much God knows how much money this wedding costs. God bless the uh, families there, uh, the Jastrzemskis and the Sanchez's for, you know, however much uh, they laid out for this because it was some wedding, 285 people. Uh, just fabulous. Great cocktail hour. Uh, live band. Had a live band and also regular music. Did a lot of dancing out there. Had all these different uh, media luminaries, all these, you know, current and former FAN people, you know, Chris Lepresti and Mark Malusis and and uh, Mike Carver and Sean Marash and Brian Riscona and Tommy Lugauer. And I'm sure I'm missing somebody. We go right out down the line. I mean, all these different people, uh, Sal Licata, uh, you know, all these different people that, you know, some of them work at, F, at at the SNY now as well with JJ, but JJ, of course, worked at the fan at one point. You know, Russell Mathis, all these different guys. And I hope I didn't miss miss anybody, but uh, all these different guys that have worked for the fan, some work for SNY now. Uh, and, uh, you know, really it was it was literally a, a who's who of uh, people from WFAN, we had a lot of fun. Uh, really, it was good. It was a great time. It really, it really was a great time. And uh, you know, JJ uh, and his lovely wife Caitlin, and we wish him the best. Uh, JJ, I think, had the longest, uh, the longest engagement, basically, in the history of mankind. I mean, it was it was pretty damn long. No, <laughs> and no question about that. It was it was pretty long. But anyway, uh, the wedding was great. We had a great time out there. My buddy Tommy Keenan uh, came out with his wife, Marie, as well. He was with us. Of course, the legendary, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Kenny Scaravaggio. Kenny somehow made his way. I talked about this earlier. Ken, Kenny, some, you know, this picture, if you saw the picture that's circulating with all the, you know, the group picture with everybody from all these different fan people and all of that, and uh, only two women in it, by the way, Caitlin Jastrzemski and my wife, Terry, they're the only ones in it. Two very attractive women, as I mentioned earlier. But somehow, Kenny Scarabaugh, only Kenny, 
could get himself into the group WFAM picture. Only Kenny could do it. Kenny, who's better than you? I mean, unbelievable. Kenny's listening today. Uh, who's better than you? Unbelievable that he got himself into group picture. And the other guy was Stu Finer. And I've heard his name. I'm not really 100% sure who he is. I guess he worked for the fan at some point in time, right? I, I think he did. But uh, anyway, it was uh, quite the extravaganza. No question about it. I guess JJ's on his honeymoon. Well, I guess he's going to Rhode Island for a few days. His real honeymoon will be after the football season's over. And the one question I would want to ask Jay on his honeymoon, did he play golf over the weekend? <laughs> I don't know if his wife would be too happy about it, but, you know, did he play golf over the weekend out there? Is that, uh, we do not know, but his real honeymoon will start uh, after the football season's over. I think he's going to South, didn't I hear he's going to South Africa? Did somebody tell me that? Well, the one thing I, because I, he said he wanted to go on a safari. The one thing we know, and not a surfing safari like the Beach Boys, but one thing we know is that there certainly are golf courses in South Africa. There's been plenty of great golfers from South Africa. Gary Player, Ernie Els, Louis Oosthuizen, just to mention a couple. You know, there's been a lot of guys from uh, South Africa. So you know that there uh, has to be golf courses in South Africa. And maybe, you know, so it's kind of a double deal for, for J.J. He goes, he goes golfing and he goes on safari. But uh, anyway, congratulations to him. It was a great wedding. We had a fun night. Uh, terrific. Uh, the whole deal, no doubt about it. Now, as I mentioned, I just want before I close out, I just want to mention again to everybody, don't forget Friday night, the next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Evan Roberts will be there. The festivities get are getting underway, 7, 7.30, something like that. Check it out. Should be an absolutely great time. We will do next week a podcast on Zoom with Gary Myers, a longtime football writer. We're going to cover a lot of different things. I'll let you know what day, probably Tuesday, we'll do that. Uh, coming up uh, with Gary. Also, remember, I want to get your, your input about the, the possibility of my wife doing the uh, picks with me on Fridays. Let me know. Answer it on Twitter. Get in touch with my daughter, whatever you want to do. Let us know if you think that's a, uh, a good idea or not. It should be pretty funny. If you don't like it, then we won't do it, and I'll just do my, my normal picks myself. And uh, we'll wrap up with this. Don't forget uh, that we will. Uh, I will be filling in for Boomer uh, doing the morning show with my good buddy, longtime buddy, Jerry Recco, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on the fan on WFAN. I guess we'll be on TV as well. So you want to check that out. 6 to 10, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, filling in on the morning show with Jerry Recco on WFAN. I'm sure to, uh, you know, we'll certainly break down the wedding again, I'm sure, uh, during the morning show, especially when uh, uh, Chris Lepresti is there. So that's pretty much, that's the upcoming setup. We'll be getting ready. I got Labor Day coming up. Don't forget Friday to get in the live podcast. We'll do a Labor Day Monday show. At some point next week, we'll do the podcast on Zoom with Gary Myers. And we will begin our NFL picks uh, a week from Friday. will be our first NFL pick show as uh, we will uh, break down uh, the picks for week one. And again, let me know if you think it's a good idea that my wife should also be uh, involved in this uh, in this pick segment. So everybody, hope you enjoyed the extra half hour today. Uh, again, we want to thank DraftKings for being back on board for yet another year, for their third consecutive year. We thank them very, very much. want to thank everybody at the uh, Hackensack Brewing Company. We'll see all them, Mike Jones and TJ and, and Herb and Andre and everybody uh, coming up on Friday night. And of course, Anita Discount Tire as well, Johnny, Ari, and everybody over there. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Check me out Wednesday on The Fan at 6 o'clock. And don't forget, next Friday night, 
the next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewery Company, and I will be joined by Evan Roberts. All the love, everybody.